Welcome back to the Flyers Nation show. I am your host, Alexa Ross. Joining me now, Eric Reese, Larry Flowers. We're back after a brief hiatus. And some might say we missed a lot. Some might say we missed nothing. Just depends on your take on the season. So let's just jump right into it. The Flyers started the year five and two. We were all super excited about this, as you may or may not remember. I know it was a long time ago, but came back very quickly shortly after 10 straight in November. Chuck Fletcher doesn't move. JVR at the deadline. So Caesar's over. Where does this team go from here? Got to start really figuring out who is a part of this team. And we have uh, as far as the uh, final stretches, especially after the um, the trade deadline. We have to find out who's a part of this team for the future, which players that you can move for assets. It's all about asset management and uh, regaining Um you know, picks for the future so you can build and have this team that, you know, that's a, maybe an expensive team that's uh, highly skilled. That's the, that's the plan, at least. And um, every player is on the table, and that's kind of what you hear from Briere. And I don't know if that means, uh, you know, Carter Hart as well. But, you know, I think we kind of took back from our interview with uh, Nate Thompson that none of us really want to see Carter Hart go. Yeah, and to, to add to that um... – you know, obviously it's player management. It's also cap management. There's a lot of factors. You know, uh, the Flyers management got an opportunity to really get a showcase of a lot of the young guys this year, um, see where they feel they may or may not fit within the future of the program. Um, you know, and moving forward, there's going to be decisions to be made. There probably is going to be decisions to maybe try to save some money and kind of ramp up to try to go after some – potential big names moving forward. And yeah, Eric, like you said, the Carter Hart situation actually is kind of interesting. He's very, very talented, but I'm interested in seeing what Danny Briere thinks might be best moving forward. Um, real quick, you know, I was kind of thinking about this. Um, when it comes to the goalies, right? Would you, if you're in a position where you really need to buck up and pay a big contract to a guy like a Carter Hart, and you have a couple of guys coming up that are clearly um, very talented young guys that 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 can eventually step in and learn how to be a full-time NHL goaltender. Um, how much weight do you put on you know one side to the other? Um, because if you really think about, it, like again, I was really doing a little bit of a deep dive to myself. The goalie position has changed so much in you know in, in recent history of, of hockey. You know, there were days back in the day in, in the 90s and, and before where every goalie kind of had their own style. And, and some of them, to a degree, still do. But the way they train now and the way they kind of build these goalies up from a young age, and they're so systematic. Um, you know, there's really almost – I don't want to say one way, but, like, these guys all kind of learn the same way, angles. And, you know, where guys usually – usually where guys are scoring is, um, you know, deflections, tips, and, you know – it's hard to beat goalies in the NHL is my point. And, and if you have an opportunity to save a big chunk of cash, go after some big potential free agents, you know, maybe on the, you know, on the blue line or on the front end and still have a good, reliable goalie, where's your kind of weight there in your opinion? I mean, I I'm like... just going to take a look at the Devin Levi situation in Buffalo. I mean, that's like my, that's the first thing I thought of when you're talking about time investment, things like that. Devin Levi obviously is a 2020 pick. So he is young. Like he's really, really young. He's 21 years old. The thing about him is that 
the the team and the way that he has played and in the games that he played, he has only played six games and he's four and two. He has four wins, two losses in those games. That obviously is not a big sample size, but they're likely going to keep him up. You know, he may go back down to Rochester for a little bit, but I don't think he's going to stay down or stay down for a while. I think that like he could be that answer and then have that happen. So, I mean, obviously I think Carter Hart, I mean, he's coming off his best season. He is having, you know, and I think that like he really can be this guy. And I think that he can continue in his success. He continues to build upon himself that to say that though, money, money is such a problem here and it's such a fickle and like, it's such a nasty thing to deal with, especially when you have a guy of Carter's caliber. And I do believe that Carter does fit the time frame of this rebuild, but what's keeping Carter in Philadelphia? Does Carter want to stay in Philadelphia? I think that's going to be the question uh, the further you get into this rebuild. Um, the, the Flyers kind of fell back into a great goaltending situation, kind of uh, discovering Urson at the NHL level. And even during you know development camps, he got his praise. Um, I think we saw on the back end that Sandstrom probably isn't an NHL guy, but other prospects that we still have in our pipeline, like we still have Kolosov. Like Kolosov, he's going to. Be, he looks like he's going to be somebody who, if when his day, when his day comes where he's cruising through the AHL and then you get a, you know an opportunity to maybe battle for a back end a back end job, he might be somebody who can take and earn a starting job, uh, just based on the prospects that we have here. He's going to be younger than uh, Hart. He's going to be younger than Arison. Um, it it just seems like we have goaltending on goaltending in our prospect pool, if anything at all. I think that's one of of our strongest uh, bases right now, and that's even including Sandstrom. And we can, I think, can all all agree that Sandstrom, from uh, what we thought he was going to be, fell off just a little bit this year. Yeah, it's actually funny to even be talking about this because as Flyers fans, we've had so much stress with goaltending historically, and now you're saying you have a potential – you know, elite goaltender, and now he, it's time to pay him. You may have other options. Do you consider letting him go? But again, I, I like to go back to Jordan Biddington, St. Louis Blues. You know, top to bottom, that that roster, they won the Stanley Cup. But top, top to bottom, um, I think it's fair to say there's not a lot of people that would say that that was the best team on paper that year in 2019. Um, they had a guy that came in, in the middle of the season barely really no contract just came out there and won them the Stanley cup. And so that goes back to my point, you know, in, in closing um, goalies are so well-trained now. There's, there's such systematic athletes um, as opposed to like a Connor McDavid that could just absolutely has, you can't teach that, you know, there's guys that have things you can't teach. And of course goalies have that same, some goalies have strengths and weaknesses too, but generally speaking, if you're in a position where you have a piece that you can kind of, you know, move to rebuild and try to get some elite forwards in, in, in this, you know, program, do you consider it? So yeah, good, good topic. I do think we need to talk a little bit more about Carter just because this was, you know, he's became the youngest goalie in franchise history to get to 80 wins. And that's, you know, and like you, like you just said, this has been such a point of contention for Flyers fans for so long. Goaltending has been such an issue and it just like grates you to the core, but he was so good for the Flyers this season. And if his future isn't here, what do you guys think it is? But I, I, I mean, myself personally, I really hope that his future is 
still here? If it's not here, and I don't know why it would be here outside of this affinity for obviously, um, you know, Carey Price, but Montreal is the other place that I think he would probably want to play at. I think everybody kind of hangs back and says, where is, you know, the best place I can win a ring? It's probably not going to be Montreal by the time his contract's up. But, um, yeah, I think that would be another market that he particularly would have interest in if it's not Philadelphia. Yeah, I wouldn't even try to get into Carter Hart's head. I don't really know where he would or would not want to go. Um, I, I'm not even entirely sure whether or not he wants to stay here or not. Um, but I guess uh, I guess we'll find out. I mean, that's all we can do. Yeah. But if we're going to talk about moves and predictions and things like that, I think we should just kind of go a little bit bigger now and talk about what do you guys think is next for the Flyers? What are you predicting that's going to happen in this offseason? Or if you were in the position of the general manager, which we will get to, what would you be doing? Um, yeah, go ahead. You, you want to go? I, I, just, I was just going to say, I think we're talking trades at this point, right out of the gate. We're, we're yeah. negotiating, we're wheeling and dealing aggressively. Um, you know, and, and then there's going to be some names that I'm going to not want to get rid of. But, you know, hey, if the right deal pops up, I guess it would be something like bye-bye Konechny. Because I don't want to get rid of Konechny. I think that Konechny is the player that, you know, we're honestly searching for. And he's in our pocket right now. But the, if what's the price? You know, what are we getting back? Like that's, I mean, I will listen. And so will Briere. Briere's made it pretty uh, apparent that he will. But there's also been the name circulating, like Kevin Hayes. He's been circulating for a, a long time. Ivan Provorov. Um, I mean, D'Angelo's been a healthy scratch for how long? Do you buy him out? Do you, you know, just let him ride it out for a season and he's melting off the books anyway? Uh, there's something that has to happen. And I think you're going to see a lot of it shift around the defense. The defense is going to look crazy different. Uh, yep, next agree. year than it you know than it did this year and i think a lot of that which is very encouraging is going to be a lot of homegrown talent so that's cool at the nhl level that's the best place that they can um develop after their ahl playoff run and let's let's let them ride i mean this is a rebuild so let's rebuild it yeah it is a re, it is a rebuild um i'm not i'm truly not being a homer i don't I just don't think they're that far off. I'm not saying they're going to win a cup next year. They're not even close. But they've got pieces to build on. They've, they've got, you know, it looks like management going in the right direction. I'm very excited about Danny Breer moving in. I, I'm very excited to see Torts continue to integrate himself within the Philadelphia area and continue to, you know, build his type of hockey. Um, you know, I don't know what's going to happen with Faraby. Like you said, Provorov, Hazy. Um, there's going to be a splash. There's no doubt about it. I'm really excited to see what Danny Breer has up his sleeve. I think he's really a hockey guy. Um, he's got a tremendous hockey mind. He's, he's very, very highly respected in the hockey world. Um, and I'm sure you all saw uh, his comments, you know, regarding in the draft, you know, wanting to probably try to make moves to potentially move up and be aggressive and go get someone that he really wants out of the gate as his first year as a general manager. This is going to be a really exciting offseason for the Flyers. I'm personally very excited. Um, most excited would be, yeah, for um, for Danny Briere to see what he's going to bring to this organization. He's been around this organization for a long time. He clearly is stuck around because he wants this job and he wants to succeed. He's a winner. Um, very, very excited to see what he does, especially um, – 
you know, like I said, off season and going into the draft. Let's talk more about Danny Briere. So obviously the Flyers announced the news on March 10th that they were going to separate the president of hockey ops and the GM position. And then they were able to bring in Danny Briere, named him the interim general manager. Now we have all of this conversation about Chuck Fletcher saying, well, this decision, this decision wasn't made by me, that Dave Scott didn't consult with people prior to firing Chuck. I know that we talked a lot about Chuck being on the hot seat. We've talked about it all, all the time. I think we're all generally pretty happy with the move with Briere, but do you think that that's going to be enough to kind of – Is do you think that's just the little match, or do you think that's the fire that they need to propel themselves forward? It seems to me like it, it – listen, I think it's a perfect fit. He's been a Philadelphia guy for a long time. He's got tremendous roots in the Philadelphia area. He stuck around after his career. He loves the city of Philadelphia. Um, I think it's a really good decision. I think it's a safe decision, but you know, more than safe, I think it's the right decision. Um, personally, I gotta be honest. And I've spoken to a lot of guys. Um, uh, Chuck Fletcher from everything that I've heard from people, I, 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 you know, he may not have done the greatest job here, but he's got a lot of respect from hockey guys um, still. Uh, including guys that have, you know, that are in the Philadelphia Flyers program uh, and system. Um, so I, you know, it's, it's actually, it's a little tough to see him go in a lot of ways, but I'm glad that the next decision was to go with Danny Breer. I'm very, very optimistic. Danny Breer is going to do a great job. I really am. He, again, like I said, you, you, you can't put emphasis enough on the fact that he's, he stayed in the Philadelphia area. He married a local girl he loves the Philadelphia, you know, he loves Philadelphia sports and, and he's really, he's been really kind of chopping at the bit to get this, this opportunity. And now he's got it. So um, I think it's an exciting thing. I think this is more of the match than the fire. Um, I think it's a step in the right direction. So I agree with practically a lot of the things that uh, Larry said. I, there are questions that I have um, outside of the uh, other decisions that were made in the front office, like, Dan Helferty, I, I kind of like what outside of and, I, and my ignorance could be this, but everything I've read is he's a big Flyers fan. Well, I mean, I'm a big Flyers fan, too. So that's kind of where I'm at. Like, like if I'm going to level with you, I'm like, I don't know what that means as far as how it's going to affect what we see on TV against teams that are great for, and you know, making a Stanley Cup run. Because uh, that's that's at the end of the day what we're here for. So as far as that's concerned, like it. I think it's just I think it's just the uh you know the, the, the spark. We don't even know if Daniel Briere is going to be the GM. He yeah, no, just hop over to be uh the hockey ops, uh you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. hockey ops. Um I think, you know, I will say this, Torts isn't going anywhere, so the conspiracy theory should be over. You know, sometimes the head coaches just like to watch from above and see the game develop, and that's what that is. Um but, you know, the outside names that have been coming around, if you listen to uh, Jeff Merrick, Elliot Freeman, you hear names like Chris Pronger. You, uh, you know, just maybe, like, I, I don't know if he would be interested. It's a, it's a wide open, like, I think that's the hardest thing to predict is who wants to come I, over and kind of steer this. If all of everything that's going to happen in the offseason, I think that's the hardest to predict. It's got to be a hockey guy, though. It's got to be somebody who actually cares and somebody who actually – and hopefully somebody who has played here and understands what hockey culture is in this town prior to it becoming commercial because when you are corporate-owned, we've talked ad nauseum about this. But it it remains – you know, when you have somebody in there who is like, no, 
this is what is important here. This is what our values are as an organization and like what we want to give to our fans who have been suffering through whatever this has been. I just think it needs to be somebody who is at least more involved in, you know, no, like, I, I, like they, I want them to be a little more emotionally connected. I think that yeah, that well, would be a little bit more helpful. So, so based on that, and I agree, I mean, listen, when you're a corporate organization like the Flyers, um, you read, you know, you read the social media things, you see what the fans are saying, you, 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 you know, because that's kind of your base where when you have a private owner, you, you know, obviously the fans matter always, but um, when you have one guy making one decision for the better of his company, um, you know, sometimes that supersedes everything. But when you have a situation like this, I think a lot of the Philadelphia base, Philadelphia Flyers fans are, are excited about Danny Breer. I would be absolutely shocked if he's not the guy. Um, you could plug him in there and let's just say the project doesn't work out with him. Then you could say, Philly fans, we gave you the local guy that was a, that was a hockey legend here um, that's been waiting. You know, a lot of fans from what I've re read um, have been calling for Danny Breer. I think it's the right fit. I think it's the right time. Listen, the Flyers are just a project. That's where, that's where they are right now. That's where we are. It is what it is. We're a project. So I think that, I think that going with Danny Briere is not only safe, but I think it's I think it's progressive. I think it's it, it's exciting. It, it, it keeps Flyers fans um, it, it keeps Flyers fans kind of excited about having someone to come in that's been around here for a long time, and and maybe he can have some tremendous input about. Look, Danny Briere was a dynamic player. I mean, he was he was special, truly special. The guy knows the game. I don't know what else there is to look for. The guy knows hockey. I mean, we should be very excited that Danny Briere is potentially going to be the guy, and I'd be shocked if he's not. And Do you I think that there's any uh, voodoo over, like, kind of keeping somebody that used to be a former flyer, like, kind of keeping that trend going? Do we need it, or do we need somebody that, you know, has no ties to Philadelphia, it's brand new, a fresh set of eyes? I, I, want, I, think, I, want... I think if it's somebody that's brand new, they're not – they're going to be influenced by – the corporate ownership like i really do yeah, that's and it's fair just, yeah that's fair that's and that's just point. me i don't know that might just you know what i want you know what i want i know that I, I, I want a guy i want a guy that understands the game that was a dynamic player in his own right that really truly danny Breer would have been a dynamic player in today's game you know what i mean yep. so i mean you've got to assume that a guy like that understands the game maybe more than some old school guys um i, I just think it makes sense all around so one more what about the name lindros i did leave that one off <laughs> I, I don't even know what he's doing now. Because um, <laughs> that, that's, that's been a name that's been like a lot of names out there, just kind of floating, you know, former Flyers thinks he could be there. You know, uh, I think at one point he was a spokesperson relatively recently. But, yeah, like, you know, what if, what if Lindros is that guy, was that guy, right? But um, He just doesn't have the, like, nah. the front office experience of, like, kind of being around and seeing the day, -day. Danny Breer, Danny Breer has earned it, man. He's yeah, that's around. what I'm saying. Yeah. yeah. He's earned it. He's earned it. He wants this, like, give the guy what he wants. He's, he's earned it. I yep. would love to, I want to see his philosophy with pulling up from the AHL. That is the thing that I would be the most interested in as a hockey guy how he utilizes everything below him and kind of moves guys around. Because I think that, you know, under some, under some coaches, under some general managers, you, you see the difference in how they utilize the AHL versus not like, are they just developing there? Are they just going to sit there and only get called up? if God forbid somebody gets hurt. Or are you going to take the risk to pull someone up who's doing really well and be like, play your minutes because this could be your shot. 
So I'm super excited for that. If he is the guy, I am really excited to see how that goes. Yeah. And, and, and in closing for me um, to have towards up in the press box, um, kind of watching games with, with Breer. Um, I'm sure there's a very special bond or, or relationship that's being built there. Um, Tortorella has been in the league for a long time. They're, I'm sure in tons of conversations back and forth on, on development strategy. Um, you know, I got to tell you, like I said, in, in the beginning of this, this whole segment, um, that's probably what I'm most excited about is, is the progression of the general manager position and D- Danny Breer and seeing the direction that the players going. I- I'm excited for this off season. I guess my question to you guys is we've talked a little, we were talking about names that were floating around for the possibility of a general manager position. And we talked about trades, but we didn't really kind of go super in depth about that. If there was a guy that you could pick up any guy who is available, who is your target and who are you going to like put all your chips in for? Yeah, that's a tough one. That's a a a tough one. I don't have to even see the list. I'm not even caught up on my list. (laughs) I'll be, honest, I'll be honest with you, but I feel like I'm going to have to start with a – and this is just going to be me banging my own drum, but I have to start with a defensive defenseman. Like somebody who's going to hold that down in the back end. I just need I just need that. Something that's going to help the penalty kill. Uh, yeah, some some sort of some sort of uh, defenseman probably on the right side, I would say too. You know, someone who can play the right side. I don't know, some, someone who's going to take the position of – D'Angelo when he's gone, but for a you know much cheaper cost, I'm looking for somebody price friendly. How about last time? How about, I, go go ahead. ahead. I was going to say, um, I don't even think he would sign here. Um, what about a guy like a Ryan O'Reilly, a- absolute legendary leader, um, legendary hockey player, great friend of mine. He's one of the biggest legends of all time, in my opinion. He's just a beauty. Um, but a lot of respect on the ice, off the ice, knows how to lead a team. Um, that's a guy that, the, you know, being such a young group coming up, you know, I wonder if they want to invest some money in getting, bringing in a guy that's been there, done that, that does all the little things right, that can teach the younger guys, that can really, um, you know, plays the game, like I said, plays it right, plays it hard, um, and is a true warrior and, and leader. Um, you know, he's not the fastest guy out there, um, but Ryan O'Reilly is the kind of guy you want when 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 it matters most. He's he's the man. I guess another option, and I know this kind of goes against the whole defensive defenseman thing, but I mean, you see a name like Matt Dumba out there, it definitely kind of gets your gears turning about, hey, maybe let's try to you know do what we can to acquire this guy. But I don't know how much. I think that's going to require giving some draft capital up and some prospects. Um, I think that's kind of what you want to hold on to. So I'm not sure of which contracts, you know, that we, other teams are going to want to take on. Maybe this means getting rid of a, you know, like a more like a Morgan Frost, even though this would be the worst time to do it since he's now gaining confidence where he, you know, I would belongs. never, I would not. He is untouchable to me. Right. Like what kind of, like what kind of price are we willing to drop to kind of get a guy out of, you know, this off season? Like I see Kevin Hayes being a guy that's traded um, just four picks. He's or, a, yeah, you know, he, you know like I, we're not moved, yeah. we're not going to get a substantial player or whatever back. It's just kind of going to be like okay, second, third, fourth, whatever those that kind of area. Stack it for a couple of years, gain you know all these picks. Next year, as far as talent is uh, is concerned, I kind of think it's going to be very similar to this year. And 
I don't see us going on a, you know, giant, if we're being realistic, a uh, giant hall where it's like, hey, who's out there, free agent, who can we sign, a uh, player that we can trade for, who, what, what can we do uh, to get that? I think we're going to be so focused on still developing our own so we have some homegrown talent. And maybe after next season is the first time we're busy to go in and say, hey, now that we have $15 million to spend because we got rid of so many contracts or bought them out or whatever, maybe you have $10 million to spend, but it's going to be more than, you know, you're going to have something to play with and you're going to know what your team is as well. Yeah, no, I don't disagree. I, I think that's an actual perfect assessment. Guys, we have talked about controversies that are important and controversies that are a little less important. And now we're going to talk about the least important controversy of the season. And that's the fanatic Jersey deal because everybody has an opinion. So please gentlemen, the floor is yours. I'm not going to be buying a Jersey after uh, this year. That's what it sounds like. I usually buy a Jersey every year. Um, now that it's a fanatic one, I've uh, decided that I'm probably not going to buy jerseys anymore. So if another place like um, I'm going to put in, uh, let's see. Like cool hockey, I know I get my, some of my jerseys from there. It's it's okay, it's whatever. Maybe they'll maybe they'll be able to uh, you know kind of hook hook me up. I, I I'm just not I'm just not a fan of fanatics. I'm not a fan of the deal. Could, I, I I can't do it. Could someone? I gotta apologize to to you guys and the listeners, but can someone catch me up on this? <laughs> I don't know anything about the fanatic jersey and what the what what all the hype is all about. Um, so pretty much, like as as far as the the fanatics deal is concerned, um, it, after next season it goes into effect. I'm I'm almost sure, and I think it's a ten year deal. So it's going to be all NHL products, uh, including jerseys through fanatics. And there's already been at the, like basically by the time that was announced, um, there's already been like a, a lot of per, items that were packaged and sent out. Uh, that you'll see like New York Rangers logos and it'll say New York Islanders on it. So it's just like the production quality, it's not it's not reliable. And you might have to uh, send it back and get it, you know, done again. Well, who wants to send back maybe a three hundred dollar sweater? Because that's how much these yeah. things cost anymore, you know? Yeah, and yeah. it's 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 just not I think right now with Adidas, you kind of have like King. I mean, you can go back to the errors of like, you know, CCM is what I had growing up as well, but I with fanatic, I'm just not into it. I, I can't do it. I'm not going to shell out the money that I did. I could probably buy more Eagles jerseys. <laughs> yeah, that, no, that's fair. That's fair. I grew up on CCM as well, and uh, yeah, the, the 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 Reebok jerseys are nice. And um, yeah, I don't. Yeah, we'll see. I miss Reebok jerseys. Uh, was the other one, Reebok. <laughs> <laughs> this broke a little bit earlier today. Darren Drager said in this report, don't be surprised if Danny Briere wants to move up in the NHL draft. How aggressive do you think he will actually be if given the opportunity? What do you think he will give up? You know, uh, now that you, those words, and I, I missed it earlier, but now that I hear those words, I think that would be the best opportunity he has to unload some contracts to a team that really might need something else. So yeah. let's say that he does get rid of maybe a Kevin Hayes, maybe Tony D'Angelo simultaneously. I don't know. But, like, you know, these are contracts that obviously it doesn't – it seems like they've fallen out of uh, favor. Let's say we maintain 50% or whatever we need to do on both of them. 
you know, like we're going to take some money. I would ima- I'd imagine that goes in with kind of retaining cap, but we have, that has to be like your most aggressive chance to get rid of a, a bad contract. Um, I, I don't know what else, you know, you, what else you can do to kind of move forward without, without losing a lot. And I think, you know, if you're saying, Hey, connect is going to be part of the deal or if Carter Hart's going to be part of the deal, because, you know, ideally I think you're jumping from seven or eight, if you, you know, whatever to maybe one, because I think that's the plan or top three, you're going to have to give away a lot of chunk. Yeah. No one's and, giving up. No one, Chicago, whoever's number one, not giving up their number one draft pick this year, no matter what. Right. The Connor sweepstakes are, I mean, you win, you win, and you win big. But I don't, so which is why I don't think they'll get, which is why I don't think they'll give it up. But I think that moving up, I don't, personally, I don't know how deep this draft class is. Um, But when you say sell the house, you know, sell the house, you only have a 13% chance of getting the first or second overall pick. Like, I feel like picking, right now, like, I just feel like, you're the seventh most likely to get that. That's what are you going to get? Also, obviously people are bus, people draft their bus, whatever. But some people, when you get them a little lower, they feel like they have more to prove. They'll work a little bit harder. So I don't know. You know, the old adage always goes in all sports is that you kind of build through the draft. Right. Um, but I think what always made the Philadelphia Flyers very special in the Philadelphia area with Ed Snyder was that, he wasn't that guy. He was a guy, and obviously they, he, they built through drafts as well, but he was not afraid to spend money. He would go after free agents. He wanted to make splashes. He wanted to keep things exciting. Um, the Flyers, I feel, have gotten away from that a little bit. Um, I don't know if that's – they probably will not go back in that direction. I think the, the, the conservative thing to do is probably to continue to draft through the – to draft uh, – uh, build through the draft. Um, but I think this – I think that's what the Flyers need. I think they need an injection of excitement with some really big names, figure out a way to free up some money. It may, it may not happen this year, but I, I think there has to be some sort of a really swing for the fences type of move um, in the very near future for this organization and really let the fans know, hey, we're here to really compete. We want to spend. We want to build. Um, I, I don't know. I'm just – I just I, – I'm just excited, but – it's frustrating. <laughs> I want the Flyers to get back to where they used to be as, as a premier organization in the NHL. Um, I feel like I kind of repeat myself constantly. Um, let's see what happens. And I'll, and I'll say this as well. I mean, looking back, um, I, I still wanted Goudreau. I, I still wanted that deal to happen. And, it, and it's because he wanted to be here mostly like that. I, we all felt that, but was it, I mean, I'm kind of starting to come to terms, and I know this sounds absolutely crazy, but when Tortorella says we we couldn't, it it wasn't the time to get him. Do you do you feel that's true too, Larry and Alexa? I I gotta be honest, and I can't I I, I won't reveal sources, but I actually heard that he didn't he really didn't he wasn't all in on coming back here. Um. Okay. And there were there there are certain things that I heard factors. I'm not saying that he wouldn't have had it made sense, but I'm pretty sure that a guy like that, um, had he really wanted to come here, I'm pretty sure he could have figured out a way um, with his GM and 
Chuck Fletcher, I'm pretty sure they could have found a way. Um, I'll just leave it at that. Yeah. I, I, to be honest, I, he wasn't, he's not the make or break for me. He's an unbelievable talent. I mean, you can't say enough about the kid. He's phenomenal. Um, me personally, I like, I would like to build my team in a little bit of a different direction. Um, you know, I, I want big, strong guys that can move the puck. I want men, um, you know, thick bone type men. That, that's the kind of team I want to build. I, I go back again, the St. Louis Blues, the way they built that team, they were a tough team, strong, four lines. Um, you know, I think a guy like Johnny Goudreau, given the opportunities, he can kind of be he, – he can kind of find it a little bit more challenging come playoff time because the game raises the, – the intensity level raises so much. He, had, he Listen, he's had great playoffs as well. He's, he's legit. He's unbelievable. But um, I think when you have guys out there that you can kind of muscle around and make their lives a living hell, uh, when it comes to playoffs, um, you can neutralize guys a little bit easier than big, strong guys. Guys, I think this is it, and that is wild to say, at least for right now. Done for right now. Thank you so much for watching the Flyers Nation show. As always, Eric Reese, Larry Flowers, I'm Alexa Ross. We'll see you guys next time.